Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. Tonight we have the amazing alternative hard rock band Message to Venus joining us in a moment. So the vocalist, John Trey, will be calling in. I'm really looking forward to interviewing this band. I'm going to do a nice introduction to them for them in a moment. But before I bring them on, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, these guys are one of the amazing bands that I have had the opportunity and am fortunate to interview. Other bands I've had on my show have included uh, Gemini Syndrome, Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Eve to Adam, Blacklight District, Raw, Royal Bliss, Smile Empty Soul, and so many others. So please, Bobaflex, actually Bobaflex, they were on last week too. So please support all these amazing artists I have on my show. The podcasts are available. You can download it or you can stream it. I also interview comedians, um, filmmakers, and uh, other people doing some interesting and creative stuff. A little bit about myself, um, my doctor's, my background is in clinical psychology, and I have a doctorate degree in that, and that is what I do for my profession, but I also have a passion for the entertainment industry. So I really wanted to combine my two passions, which include my interviewing skills and um, dealing with entertainment. I have an album out as a solo artist. I do some writing for some magazines, and the thing I really wanted to bring to the table was this radio show. Personally, I've done everything on my own. I know how difficult it can be and how challenging at times things are in this industry, so I really wanted to create a forum to support people. So I'm going to show you, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in the profession. A um, couple of things I ask people to keep in mind is, although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not doing any formal therapy, although I have a great sense of humor, so we might sometimes discuss things in an educational format. And also, I want my guests to feel like they can discuss whatever they'd like, but just to keep any identifying information anonymous, just because we don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're tuning into the show right now, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also dial in at 805-243-1320. And again, as I mentioned, there will be a podcast after the show is over for anyone who tunes in late or cannot listen tonight, so you can download it and stream it at your convenience. My interview is definitely different from other people's. I really take um, my audience on a journey with my guests on the show. I like to ask some interesting questions. I'm not just going to throw out kind of the cookie-cutter questions. So it should be a great show tonight, and I did a lot of research on these guys, and uh, they're an amazing band, and I'm really looking forward to taking you on their journey. So let me tell you a little bit about Message to Venus, and then John Dre calls in. I see him in the switchboard, and then I'll bring him on. Okay, so... As I mentioned, they're an alternative hard rock band. They are actually originated out of uh, Puerto Rico in 2009 before they had recently relocated to Florida. The band's first single, Fans Who Know These Guys, was Cold and Gray, and it was released in 2010. They followed up with the single to their amazing EP, and I have to tell you, the minute that I put that on and that song the show started, I was like, I definitely dig these guys. Definitely my style of music. So um, that is... 
EP is titled The Envelope. It featured their hit single, Universal You. And Universal You drew much praise from, from some major national acts, such as Godsmack and Hailstorm, as well as, and I'm a big fan of Sirius XM Octane. That's where I get a lot of the bands that I have on my shows from listening to that station. Message to Venus was the first band out of Puerto Rico to be featured on their When Worlds Collide, which is just amazing. So congratulations to them for that. So as I mentioned, tonight we're going to take you on their journey. We're going to be promoting their Indiegogo campaign, which they currently have out. It is to assist and support funding their new upcoming album, which is titled Victims and Villains. And we are going to also play a track off of that tonight so you guys can really um, get a taste of what is to come with this new album. And it's, a, it's an amazing song. So for more information, visit them at messagetovenus.com. And lastly, I want to thank Ryan Feldman, of Fresno Media for coordinating this interview. I've done a lot of um, other interviews with him, and he's a, he's a great person to work with. Okay, so let's bring John Dre on. Hey, John Hello, Dre, how Carrie. are you? Hey, welcome. Awesome. How are you doing? Thank you Good. so much for having great. me on your show. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. As I mentioned, I did a lot of research on you guys. I love the music, so I'm really looking forward to the interview. Oh, awesome. Likewise. It's a beautiful day here in Miami. Cool. Where are you guys at? Nice. So that's where are all of you guys located there? Because I was reading about you guys, and it looked like you guys were still kind of separated a little bit at times, and you have to travel to practice. Is that true, or are you guys all in Miami now? Um, our drummer is still finishing some projects he has in San Juan, Puerto Rico. He's um, a oh, computer wow. technician, and he works for IT, and you know he's he's a really smart guy, and he's really – but he's a very important. He plays a very important role for the company he works for. So he's finishing some contracts he has. Uh, as soon as that's done, he's gonna come relocate over here in uh, Miami. But in the meantime, he comes over certain weekends. We practice. We figure out new songs. We rehearse the older songs. We rehearse the new victims and villain songs for whatever gigs are to come. So very it is a cool, challenge. Very cool. It's really hard. It's not easy, but we're making it happen. We've been making this happen for the past four years. So. Well, I read that. I mean, you guys were, again, traveling back and forth and doing a lot of your homework on your own to practice. And you know what? I give you guys credit. I mean, if you're you're dedicated to doing it and you guys are definitely, you know, motivated and persevering, I mean, you can make it happen. And you guys are doing that. Absolutely. You know, it's really different from when you're 19, 20 years old than from when you're 29 to 30 years old. You know, there's a lot more responsibilities in life that things, you know, priorities change within time. And, you know, if we were all 19 years old, it probably would have been a different story. But when I was 19, like Facebook, a lot of social media didn't exist. So mm-hmm. it would have been a different story, you know. It, it's, I, I really think about that on previous bands that I had back in the day. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it is. And I, I know you guys talk about that a lot in some of the other interviews I've read about you guys. But... You're right. It's a very different world today. I mean, record labels are just not where they were, like you said, like 10, 15 years ago when they had these huge budgets and the way social media has really taken over things. I mean, you guys can do a lot of stuff on your own to develop your fan base and promote yourself. So, And you're doing that, which is great. Awesome. Yeah, we try to keep in touch with everybody, especially on Twitter and uh, other medias. Uh, sometimes Facebook can seem a little personal. Personally, I'm not the type of guy who posts like, Oh, I'm I'm in such place. I'm in such place. I'm just not that type of person. So right. Twitter seems a little. Uh, seems yeah. It's just Facebook. I think I use it to keep in touch with my dad. You know, but um, right. stuff like or anything band related, I guess, so I can get tagged into because that is a way to you know to get out. But um, Twitter is probably our most powerful tool right now, 
And it's really awesome. Hmm, you know, it really is. Cool, cool, definitely. All right, so let's do this. I want to kind of start from the beginning, so to speak. So tell me just a little bit about yourself. You know, where specifically did you grow up in Puerto Rico? Um, tell me what it was like growing up there as a kid. You know, what were some of the interests and things that you were involved in, maybe even outside of music, before you to get before you got into that? And then we'll start to progress forward. Well, um, I was born in Mayaguez, Puerto Rico, which is the west side. The west side and the east side of Puerto Rico is divided very differently. The east side of San Juan, which is the capital, and, and, uh, like people from San Juan call the rest of Puerto Rico the island. That's how it is. And then everybody in the country area or any other part of Puerto Rico calls San Juan Metro. <laughs> so I grew up on the island. Yes, I grew up on a on a very beach-like atmosphere. Um, my dad is also a musician, has always has been a musician. When he met my mom, he was in a band. It was called the Hurricane Band. It was uh, like an eight-piece Santana blues rock and roll band. So ever since I was wow. in my mom's belly, that's you know she's been going to gigs when she was pregnant with me, and you know she was like in the back with all the amplifiers and everything. So I grew up in a musician environment. There was always parties in my dad's house my parents' house with, uh, you know, live rock and roll. And I was, I grew mm -hmm. up on top of his lap sitting on a piano. I took piano lessons growing up as a kid. And then um, my wow. dad, you know, for economical reasons, he had to move to Colorado. So he took us all over there. We went to Colorado. He was a DJ for a jazz station, a blues and rhythm and jazz station. And it was, he was, because my dad had such an extensive knowledge of music, which he still does. He's, he's okay. such a brain about music. And he had a really badass record collection. Um, so his really good friend, Carlos Cartagena, which is the manager of the station called KUVO from Colorado, called and said, hey, man, why don't you be a DJ and work over here with me? You know, we'll, we'll work things out. And it was an awesome move. My dad loved that job. He was just playing records all day long. <laughs> but, um, awesome. you know, it, it was, it, yeah, so I was being taken, because he worked for the radio station, I was being taken uh, to all of the rock festivals, jazz festivals, blues, especially rhythm and blues. I really grew up around um, the rhythm and blues culture, you know, straight up blues. And um, my dad was always, like, showing me all these records and trying to keep me into that. He was, like, really pushing us to be into the music industry. Um, nothing pressured. And then finally, when we moved back to Puerto Rico, because my mom hated the cold, so we moved back okay. to Puerto Rico and I'm probably about 13 years old, and I remember I was like, oh, piano's not really what I want to do. I really, I've always, always imitated air guitar on my bed with a, with a, with a stick. <laughs> oh so God. I would listen to my Walkman. Nice. I always, like, jumped on the bed. I was like, I've got to play guitar. This is what I want to do. And I remember when I was nine years old, my dad's best friend um, who passed away, who was his guitar player, showed me a lick, like a blues lick with slide guitar on a beautiful Black Beauty uh, 59 anniversary reissue, um, Les Paul, Gibson Les Paul. And ever since that day, I couldn't get mm -hmm. it out of my head. So I had to That's get a amazing. guitar. So I learned, I learned guitar awesome. at the age of 13. Mm -hmm. I learned guitar at the age of 13. Um, I also homeschooled. Uh, from the age of uh, wow. 15 till I homeschooled after 15, uh, dropped out of the private school, and I was in. Uh, I had a little bit of trouble. I was a little bit of a hippie. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it had nothing to do with economic, you know, uh, you know, economic, or it had nothing to do with, uh, you know, my grade status. It was just 
you know, my mom was a teacher there, and it was really hard to get away with murder. She heard about everything that right. happened. So my dad was like, why don't we just, you know, take you to uh, uh, homeschooling? And there was, a, you know, I, I homeschooled some, some friends of mine from Rincon, which is a surf town on the west side of Puerto Rico. Well, Sandra, I don't mean to interrupt. Because of my because of my job, I have to take on calls sometimes. What I want to do is let's talk about this because I got a, an emergency call. But let's do this. I'm yeah. going to take a quick break. I'm going to play a song. Okay. And then I'll call. Awesome. I'll have to call back into this station. I apologize no about problem. this. This always nah, happens. Don't worry about I, 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 it's all good. I know. Okay. It's all good. So this was, and I, I uploaded a couple different songs. So um, this was mm-hmm. definitely one of my favorites. The show. So let's check out the show, and then when we come back, um, you'll tell us a little bit about that song, okay? Beautiful. Okay. All right. Hold on. I apologize about that. Here we go. Don't worry about it. No apologies. All right. All right, everyone. Check out the show. This is by Message to Venus. We have John Frey on the phone right now, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show again. Sorry about the quick interruption, but the show is definitely one of my favorite tracks off of their EP, The Envelope. So if you haven't picked it up, please pick up The Envelope. It has five amazing songs on it. We're going to check out their hit single, Universal You, off of it in a little bit, and um, we will bring them back on again. Also go to messagetovenus.com, support their Indiegogo campaign. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight as well as we have a treat, and we're going to play one of their new singles that is going to be coming off of their album, Victims and Villains. So let's bring John Dre back on. Okay, John hey, Dre, I, I apologize. Oh, my God, no, that's what's no called multitasking. Yes, I know. <laughs> sorry You're a very busy that. woman. Don't be sorry. No, no, it's She's not. It's not that. <laughs> I work in um I work in corrections, so I have mm-hmm. on-call responsibilities to deal with uh, crises when I'm outside of the institution. So wow. that being said, <laughs> yeah, that's a conversation <laughs> for off the air. <laughs> but um, wow. okay, so let's digress a little bit because I know you were talking about again growing up and you know being homeschooled because of some mm-hmm. you know challenges and things that you were encountering. You know, as a kid, what else were you interested in? Was there anything else outside of music that you enjoyed doing before you got into music? Um, I surfed a lot. Uh, I was really always into the ocean. Um, I grew up on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always accessible to me. Um, it's something I definitely took for granted because I, I grew up in a tourist town called Rincon, um, and I've just seen, you know, the, the way people just, like, look at the ocean that have never seen it react um, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, I did a lot of free diving, snorkeling. I've done a right. lot of diving. And just being able to be on boats and, and enjoying the water is, you know, it's, it's a beautiful experience. I've had beautiful experiences with manatees. With uh, I've seen dolphins. Wow. Like, you know, I've, I've even seen sharks. And um, no, I've, I've never swam with whales. But in Puerto Rico, there's a certain period of uh, time around May to April where you see a lot of humpback whales just shoot out of the water. And, you know, while they're migrating. So there's a lot of beautiful experiences that I really uh, had while being on, um, while being in Puerto Rico. And um, also outdoors, I was never a TV kid. I was never, um, I went through a gamer phase, I guess, but I went through that kind of quick. I was like, this is kind of a waste of time. (laughs) I do not want to be locked in a room behind a screen. So I really enjoyed outdoor activities. I was always biking, uh, always in a, my parents' house was like, really, really far away from any mall, from movie theater. So I was, in the, I was never a suburban kid. I always grew up, like, in a super wilderness. I was always camping and, you know, doing stuff like that. I was always doing yard work. Um, my parents had a farm for a certain yeah. amount of time with plantains and coffee and oranges, you know. So that's the environment I grew up in. That's awesome. And it's so different from today. And even me growing up, I, I agree with you. You know, it's, you were always outside doing stuff. I mean, it's not like today where, you know, kids are like you're stuck on their cell phones or they're on the computer or they're playing video games. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just not a good thing, too, because for health purposes, like you're saying. Um, and I'm the same as you. I'm a, huge, I'm a surfer. I grew up surfing. I love the ocean. What, uh, just out of curiosity, what is, your, what is your sign in terms of what month were you born? I was born January 8, 1982. I'm a Capricorn. Oh, okay. And okay. I believe I uh, in the Chinese <laughs> Chinese zodiac sign, I, I think I'm a rooster, which makes oh, sense. Okay, there I you re- go. I really, I, I really am an early bird. And I really enjoy, like, you know, everything that has, like, in relation with that. I once dated this girl who was really into science, and she, like, kind of convinced me of a little bit of the terms of, you know, 
Um, so it's not really my thing. And she was always like reading my moons yes. and my different moons. Oh God! It's not something I don't really. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really. I don't understand that uh, completely. But she like studied it, so she was really into it. She's like, I know why you like this today because there's half a moon and that brings out the Saturn in you. And blah, blah, blah. oh my God! Like, oh my God! Right, right. <laughs> no, no, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not like that. I'm just I was born in March and I'm a Pisces, yeah. so I didn't know if maybe you were kind of mm-hmm. like you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Right, uh, I don't cool. know. I don't Thank know you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so, so when did you, you said around 13, 15, 15 you're being homeschooled, right? And then yep. is that when you were starting to really get involved in the music? Yes. I remember right okay. when I left the school, um, I I remember these older kids that were like punk rockers and they were really admired in the school I grew up with. They like they were they were badasses and everybody like wanted to hang out with these guys and play music with them because they were really good. So I guess I was I, I was not as good as I thought I was. I, I don't know how to explain this to you, but I'm really humble about my guitar playing. I'm not the best, but a lot of people think they're like, dude, you're a really badass guitar player. But I don't I don't see it like that. Um, I always look at imperfections. I'm a heavy critic at myself. I criticize myself at a at another level. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I remember at the age of like 17, um, my my dad was like, "Listen, if you or before 17, 16, my dad was like, if you finish high school one year before all of your guys are supposed to finish high school, I will buy you Gibson Les Paul, whatever model you want." And wow. that was like, whoa! I was like, holy crap! I really need to get my stuff back together because you know I was kind of a hippie surfer kid and you know doing all that stuff. Right. <laughs> and right. um. You know, there's, there's always a slack moment, and I was also homeschooled. So I did get a good GPA. I uh, graduated with a 3.94. I studied uh, musical education, uh, classical guitar, and um, wow. in the end. But going back to, going back to my story, um, at the age of 17, I remember I went to this kid, Ramiro, his house, and he lived pretty fair close to my parents' house. I took my little brother with me. Um, he was a bass player. And then... Um, I took my gear, and I'm like, dude, I'm here to play with you guys. I heard you guys are starting a band, and I'm, I'm going to play with you guys. And he was like, all right, you know, sit in and, you know, see how it goes. And then it was a three-piece. And then with, I brought in, like, he had no guitar effects. He had, it was just pure distortion, and that's it. And I always had, like, a little delay, a chorus. I had, mm-hmm. like, a little setup. And, um, and I had nice gear. I had a really nice guitar, and they really liked my sound. They're like, all right, dude, let's do this. And it was called Slimy Nuggets. <laughs> it's, that's so funny and, because I was going to ask yeah. you about that because I had that in my notes here. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so go on. So uh, we finally got this band together, and in 99, it like exploded. We started opening up for Puya. We opened up for Anthrax. We played in every Amazing. major rock show in Puerto Rico. Like all the big rock festivals, we were headliners or we played with the headliners. Um, like kids would like ask for autographs. We played at a lot of uh, school dances and we played at all the local um, town festivals. We had like the best sound gear. We had the best gear. We, I don't want to say we were the best band, but there was a moment where in the hard rock level category from 99 to 2005, Slimy Nuggets was the freaking band in Puerto that's, Rico. Like we were really amazing. badass. Well, it was well, like, I, I read that. It was Did you like guys a, play at TV, it was a TVs too? That gig was with another band called Machete. Oh, that was a I different band. Deepest, but, um, okay. Yes. I was on That's call. Crazy. This band, uh, the vocalist, called me two days before the tour, and he's like, listen, dude, 
um, I got a situation. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I need you to go with me to New York. I'm like, awesome. When? He's like, like in 48 hours. I'm like, wait a second. What's going oh on? He's like, I from New York all the way down to Florida. I'm like, dude, I don't know any of your songs. He's like, that's cool, man. I know you can get this. He's like, by the way, uh, do you have a seven-string guitar? I'm like, I do not have a seven-string guitar. So I went to his house. Um, I remember I, I was, like, with him uh, for – I didn't sleep for, like, three days uh, because I was on the plane with a seven-string guitar learning all the songs with a, with a Walkman. And oh, I was my just gosh. Like, oh, and this is a seven-string guitar, which I'm not used to. I, I play regular six-string guitar. Um, it's the same thing, except it's just deeper baritone tones. So I remember doing that gig at CBGB's. Um, the band that was headlining that gig was, I think it was Machine Head. Um, and we played wow. that gig. It was a really awesome gig. It was, I think, uh, two weeks after that gig, they closed CBGB's. So right, because that, like, that did right. It closed down. But that's yeah. thank you. I'm sorry to digress, but that's a great little story that you threw in there. In terms of that is that is crazy that you had to get like you said yes. within 48 hours, you had to get your stuff together and be able to get ready for this uh, tour that you're going on. That's crazy. Yeah, that was in 2002. Wow. That was really awesome. And CBGBs, um, they, it smelled like piss. It was disgusting. It really was a disgusting bar. I was bar, there to be once. <laughs> oh, I was there once too. I remember it. I mean, it was a long time ago, but yeah, you're right. It was a it was a pretty bad dive, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so, so how did you guys? I mean, congratulations with Slimy Nuggets, and how did you come up with that Thank name? You. What was uh, give us a little, um, you know, just a bullet? What was behind the meaning behind that? <laughs> man, we were six stoners, and we just like we we're always like into <laughs> trippy rock, and we were always like high. Um, that's not who I am now. I mean, I'm 32 now. I, I kind of passed that level. I'm really free liberal about pot and 420 and everything, but it's not what I do. But right. back in the day, you know, when you're 20 years old, you really don't care about anything else. You just want to get, like, you know, have fun with your friends. So we were in a McDonald's, and we were, like, trying to get a name because we already had gigs lined up because we were all pretty decent musicians. There was good musicianship, and we're like, ah, it was going to be called Super Zero. I remember somebody's like, Super Zero. I'm like, ah, Super Zero. And we're like, nah, we need something funky. We're like, because our music was kind of like funky hip-hop rap core with hardcore riffs. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we need something funky, man. We're like, we're like nuggets because like, we like to smoke nuggets, and we're like slimy because we're like slimy bastards. And, like, and then we're like, all right, so we all, we're all, this is, so, this is such a stupid story. Whoever listening to this is going to hang up. <laughs> So no, they're like, not. They're no, like, that's what we like. We, we like the interesting stories. We don't want to hear the same so stuff. We just, Go ahead. We, we, just, we put all these little nuggets on the, on the table, and we were so stoned out, and we were just, like, looking at them, and we were pouring all the sauces on top, and we're like, this is not me, you know, this is me. <laughs> and then we started, like, taking – we had a Polaroid back in the day because we didn't have phones with cameras, and we were taking Polaroids right. of them and, like, writing down, this is going to be the album cover. What is the Slimy Nuggets? And we're like, all right, fuck it. We're Slimy Nuggets. That's it. So the name, then we, we tried to be called the Nuggets or Slimy. So then everybody just called the Slimy. Oh, Slimy, Slimy. But it was called Slimy Nuggets. And, of course, our first album was called 420. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an awesome story. Thank you for No, it's great. Yeah. It's a cool story. So, okay, so you're with them for about 10 years? Yeah. We, that about, band was, wow. Yep. About 10 years, I would, actually um, did a, a reunion gig with them uh, before coming to Miami. We played with a band called Puya, and we opened up mm-hmm, for Puya because we them. opened up. Um, they're an awesome salsa metal band, really well-known back in the day. Uh, they played a lot of Ozfest tours and stuff like that. 
And uh, we did that gig. The guitar player, Ramiro, who was the guy I was talking about previously, the other guitar player, came down from Amsterdam, and I postponed my trip to Miami just to play this gig because it was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, all right, guys, this is it. This is the last thing because I need to concentrate with the message of being this project. <laughs> wow. No, that's great. sounds like you guys had a lot of success and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shared the stage with some amazing, you know, national acts. So that's that's amazing. So what happened yeah, that Slimy fun. Nuggets eventually, and I want to definitely get into talking a little bit about, you know, the project that you had in mind, Message to Venus, but you mm-hmm. had some difficulties finding some motivated people. But what led to Slimy Nuggets, I guess, I don't want to say disbanding, but what happened um, to you yeah, guys eventually? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, the, the, it, it's all about money. It's all about, you know, people just start drifting apart. We're all still brothers. Mm-hmm. We're, we're like blood brothers. Like we give our lives for each other. And the only we never really hung out. The only thing we did was play music together, which is funny. They're my best friends, but that's all we ever did together. Like, we never hung out without having anything music-related involved. There was always a guitar. There was always, like, you know, we, it was like we're always working because it's work. You right. Know? And uh, we always had that in common. Like, every time I see Ramiro, we don't really just go and hang out and have a beer. We're like, all right, can you imagine this song? Check out this riff. And you record a riff. And like, all right, all right. So with Slimy Nuggets, the drummer started playing a lot of gigs with cover bands, and he became a cover band slut. I say that because he was, he's a really, really good drummer, and he played drums for, like, five different bands. So wow. it, it, got to, it got to a point where, like, everybody started drifting, um, and I was like, you know what? I was, we're trying to do new music, and we, nobody was on the same page, and we got older. So it was like, all right, nothing's really happening with this. And I was like, man, this is not what I want to do. I, I, I don't want to do the hip-hop scene. I, w- I want to do something different. And I did not right. like saying, I'm going to be honest with you, I do not like singing. I don't consider myself a vocalist. Um, but I did, I wrote... Well, I don't know how you um, say that because you're just, I mean, you're amazing. Did you ever, just to digress for a second, did you ever take any formal lessons or is this all natural? No, I've, I've never taken a vocal lesson in my life. Wow. Um, I've, oh, my gosh. I've always... I've always really enjoyed hearing good vocalists and everything. And uh, so I had a, a really good friend of mine, Ferdi, um, Ferdi Fred, who actually is the guy who created the, uh, the original logo for Metro to Venus. Um, I want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to him because I've known that kid forever and he's a really good friend. He was like always motivating me, like, dude, I don't know what's going on, but you should do your own thing and stop looking for a singer. I was like, all right. So I started... I recorded my first two songs for what I wanted Message to Venus to be was in Spanish, actually. Um, those wow. two tracks were really awesome. I showed them to some friends of mine, and they were Spanish songs. It was more like Spanish rock with heavy riffs. And then um, I was like, nah, it needs, to be, it needs to be different. So the first song I probably wrote for Message to Venus was The Show. And then after The Show, the second track was actually Universal You. And then okay. um, the rest of the uh, the rest of the EP came out. There was a lot of other tracks involved, but it didn't really work. And then I always messed around with uh, with uh, strip. I recorded it just. I just wanted to do my own version just to mess around. I was like, ah, oh, for the hell of it. And then um, <laughs> within time, uh, a couple friends of mine. I finished it off. I was working with. I I did all my own production with that. Uh, and then we had it reproduced between all of us. I showed it to the boys, I showed it to John, to Edgar, to Wama, and then we all like re-recorded everything and and um we did our own production and I think I think in the future I would really like to do producing because I, I I feel like I have an art for that. I really have a good ear and I'm really stubborn 
onto getting a certain type of tone. So I think that benefits us as a band, you know, that we're not, like, super Definitely. naive about production. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it was. I think you guys did an amazing job with it. And I want to definitely play Universal Youth, so this would be a good time. But before we play that, talk a little bit about, I think it's interesting that you met these guys through Leo Alvarez, right, your producer? Because didn't they yes. need a singer, a band called Defect, right? It was called Defect. Yes. I love all these spellings, too. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, right, Defect so that's how you kind of band. connected with them. Yep. It was actually through Leo Alvarez, the producer, but I've known them, these guys, we've known each other for the past 10 years because Slimy Nuggets and Defect used to play together a lot of uh, a gigs. Oh, and, gotcha. Okay. And I, re- I remember seeing Defect and watching them perform. I was like, this band's really good. I really like them. And their singer that they had was really badass. He did a lot of, like, tool-type things where he holds, like, single notes for a long period of time. I really like the way he sang. His name is Rigo, and, uh, you know, we're all good friends. But Rigo... Um, for personal reasons, he he had a lease to the States. He had something going on in his life. And, you know, um, Leo called me. Sure. He's like, dude, these these guys recorded a whole album, and they have no one to sing on it. I was like, well, I recorded a whole album, and I got no one to play. <laughs> I got no one to play on it. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I mean, the EP, I recorded the whole EP by myself, and then we re-did everything with the guys. So then it was, like, perfect. I was like, all right, so let me go check it out. And the first thing I told the guys was like, listen, man, I'm, uh, it's not that I, I don't like your old music, but we're not going to be called Defect, and I'm not going to sing any of your old songs. I, like, kind of, you know, told them that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man, that's cool. I'm like, all right, I, I don't want to replace anybody. If we're going to do something, let's do something fresh. I told them, you know, this project I got in mind, it's called Message to Venus. Let's, you know, let's all get involved. Let's make it one. I already have I, – I'm marketing this. It's like I already had the marketing in my mind. I already had a logo. Right. I already had everything done. So then John and Huama, who are, like, social media masters, like – and these guys are geniuses. I'm, I'm so honored to work with these guys. And Edgar is, like, you know, really such a talented dude. These guys and their attitude and the fact that none of us have kids and we, we all just we're, – we, we're able to be so focused on this. And that's why this is working. We're on the same page. We're, we're all like, this is what we want to do. And right. That's I, re- I recorded – the first song I recorded was Cold and Gray. Um, Half of Cold and Gray was already written. I finished writing it with Leo, the producer. We did a couple changes. There was a lot of – they already had a vocal arrangement in mind, and Rigo did – sing that song throughout, but I didn't really like the way he, it was done. I was like, just can, let me, I was like, Leo, let's do something. Let me do my thing. Um, there was a lot more major uh, scales involved, and I was like, I'm more into singing minor scales. It's not that I'm a sad dude. It's just there's something about it that gives me more feeling. Um, I, I don't really like singing happy tones. It's just, it's just not me. I, I really like the darkness tone of, of, of music because mm-hmm. it can bring out some seriousness. Um, if I want to hear happy, if I like happy, I love reggae. I'm a huge reggae fan, but that's when I want to hear some happy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's you not know? what you want so to write. I, it's what you want to hear. Yeah. yeah it's not what I want to hear. So um, for Message to Venus, uh, we recorded Cold and Gray, and then the guys were like, please be part of this, man. Let's do this together. Finish the whole album. And that was so uphill. Carrie, you have no idea the amount of times I wanted to quit. <laughs> oh, and why, <laughs> was, when, why was that? Why did you want to quit um, so many times? Because 
my voice would go out sometimes. Leo would take mm-hmm. me out of my comfort zone. He would make me do things I didn't know I could do. He would make me like, no, come on, man, you got to go higher. I'm like, higher? What the hell, dude? Are you serious? But Leo is a hell of a producer. Um, him and I are actually like, we're really, he's like one of my best friends. I can call him a brother. And he's a lot older than us. He's, Leo's like in his, he's in his mid-40s, and he's like the big brother I never had. And he's so honest. He's like, yep. So you drove all the way from, from the other side of the island to come and record this piece of shit. I was like, wow, dude, I've been working on this for two weeks. He's like, this sucks. He's like, this sucks. I would oh, never, no. If I were to hear this, yeah, this lyric, this, this really the lyrics you want to sing and have people, are you kidding me? This sucks, dude. Oh, my God, go home. So we got the, something called the Poppy Award. The Poppy Award is every time we sucked, we had to go home and practice for two weeks and then come back. And it was so oh frustrating. It was like, man, Leo. And, you know, some of the stuff I wrote was really, really deep. You know, I, I don't really like talking about my personal life. I, I, there's a lot of dark things that happened to my family. And um, it's not I don't mm-hmm. like talking about it, but I, I, don't want to, I don't want people to think I want them to feel sorry for me is what I'm trying to say, you know? So, right, right. You know, so Leo, like, really got me to get really deep into my lyrics, but ambiguous at the same time. So anybody can relate to a song that I wrote about, um, I had a brother who passed away to suicide, and that song oh, maybe can mean some. It, it can maybe mean something else to someone who has a drug problem, or it can mean something to someone who lost a relationship. You know, in general. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where Lil took us, and he, he's like, he's the master mixer. So you'll hear that later on when we hear listen to the hollow. Okay. Well, again, I love I love Universal You. I love the show Change. I mean, the, like I said, when I first put that. And I've gotten a lot of albums lately for interviews, and it's weird because I just, similar to like what you're talking about, kind of the darker stuff, the emotional stuff, that's what I love. So there's a certain sound, and I don't want to say that I kind of get myself pigeonholed into a corner with certain types of bands and music, but there's a certain style yeah, I like. So as soon as I got that from, uh, what's his name, from uh, Ryan, I was just like, he was like, oh, you got to check these guys out. And I'm like, sure, send me the EP. And I worked, I just worked out to it again tonight. And it's just, it's great. It's really good stuff. Awesome. So Beautiful. let's do this. Um, tell us a little bit about Universal You. Just, you know, give us a couple of sentences right. about what that track is about. And then we'll check it out. Uh, Universal You was, um, I wrote that song on a really dark time in my life. Um, I had, I was still coping with my brother's loss. And the song has to mm-hmm. do with regret denial um i feel like i let i let him down i i felt at the time i don't carry that weight on my shoulders anymore but there's a certain time when you're young and you're naive to a lot of things so i felt regret um my brother he he passed away and i actually spoke to him 20 minutes before he died and i wasn't there for him so that's what the song's about you know not not being able Mm -hmm. to you know to do something about something you don't know what's going on and the song the chorus this is my execution is it's, it refers to me carrying a lot of weight on my shoulders for a long time. So that's what the song sure. is. Mm-hmm. Okay, and again, I'm very sorry for your loss. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Okay. All right, so with that being said, let's, uh, let's check out Universal U, which is an amazing track, okay? And then we'll come back, uh, be ready to talk yeah. about your Indiegogo stuff, promote that, and then we're going to check out Hollow um, a little short bit after that, Okay. Crank it up, people. Turn it up loud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jandre, hold on. All right, everyone, again, Jandre from Message to Venus, amazing band, everyone. you got to check these guys out. We're going to be promoting their Indiegogo campaign. But before that, pick up a copy of their album, the EP, The Envelope, 
and it features the track we're going to play now titled Universal You. So check it out. We'll be back in a moment. everyone again welcome back to the Carrie Edelman show universal you hit song hit track amazing stuff these guys have message to Venus check them out and please go to message to Venus.com check out their Indiegogo campaign and please support these guys with their uh, musical venture and their new album which is coming out in the near future titled victims and villains I gotta ask them about the name of that too all right so let's bring John Dre back on yeah, I was playing air drums on the balcony. 
Oh, God, you seem like you got such a great sense of humor, which is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Very because cool. nobody was looking at me. <laughs> well, it's a great song. Really, really good track again, and I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, yeah. How well, did you guys come up with – go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I'm listening to you, too. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, how did you guys come up with the name, uh, or how did you come up with the name Message to Venus? What's the, uh, what's the meaning or story behind that? Um, Message to Venus was actually a title of a song. Um, I was working with this guy named Louis Singh, who was um, a big producer-promoter in Puerto Rico. While I had a project going on with uh, other musicians, we actually played like three gigs. And um, we ha- I had other titles in mind. And Message to Venus, I was like, all right, I, this might sound weird, but um, there's like no deep meaning. But I wanted to write music that I could enjoy listening to with a girl. You're like, you know, if there's, a, mm-hmm. there's a time I was like, man, every time I'm hanging out with my girlfriend, well, not that I have one now, but at the time I had a girlfriend, and I was like, man, every time I hang out with her, I wish I, there was like some rock music that she can like really enjoy, but I can enjoy too. So right. that was always an issue when I was listening to bands. Like when I'm listening to a band in my car with a girlfriend or something, it's like very few bands I can hear with her. Like maybe a couple of Deftone songs because they had like a sexiness going on, or maybe <laughs> a couple of songs from Incubus, you know. Or but then the stuff she wanted to listen to was like too. It was too pop for me. I was like, all right, so I can't do too pop. I can't do too rock. I was like, I want to do a style that women can actually enjoy. I was like, you know what? I have a younger sister. She's also in Miami. I was like, I really wish I could write music that my sister would listen to, although she would never. <laughs> my sister's more into, like, Latin and pop and rock stuff. But um, okay. that, was, that was the main thing with Message to Venus. And I was like, all right, so the song I wrote, Message to Venus, was actually about wanting to be able to please someone in any way. And just like, you know, um, in Puerto Rico, there's the style of music, reggaeton. There's a lot of... There's a lot of culture in Latin America that really belittles women. And, it, like, the lyrics is like, you know, you're just a slut. And uh, we're just going to do this to you. Now take off your clothes. Show me your pants. You know, this really vulgar, right. vulgar stuff. I can't hear that. I'm a really liberal dude. I really am. I'm, you know, do what you want with your life. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ, you know, I didn't understand <laughs> how girls can just listen to this stuff and, like, grind to it. I was like, I don't get it. Why are you belittling yourself so much, you know? Right. And, you know, respect yeah, it's a good respect point. To, I have a lot of respect to a lot of rappers. I, got, I know a lot of rappers. I know a lot of guys who write lyrics like this, but I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't see the art in it. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm saying it. <laughs> I, I can't that's listen okay. to music That's okay. You're entitled that, to, yeah, you're entitled you know? to your opinion. No, that's fine. And and, you know, I really don't understand, um, you know, hearing music that just says, you know, uh, that women are, are just made for sex and then that's it. So I wanted to write music and I wanted to write music and lyrics that anybody can hear and anyone can relate to. So that's what Message to Venus probably means. It probably means that it's, it's for both sexes, probably more for women. Like this band, when we, all, we still do it. Every time we do logos, every time we write music, every time we do shirts or we do merchandise, we're like, the first question we ask is, are girls going to dig this? That's the first question that's, we ask. That's interesting. Well, that's, no, and I could tell from your logo, which, which is, I do like a logo. It's very cool, and it, it has a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, colors, like you said, that would definitely probably attract a female to it. Um, and it's still cool enough, though, and edgy enough that, you know, that a guy could wear it on a T-shirt, too. So 
I think that's a really good perspective in terms of marketing and advertising. I think that's a cool thing. Absolutely. Why am I going to close any doors? Very that cool. doesn't make any sense. Right? No, I think that's smart. I mean, you guys are definitely strategic. No, you're very strategic, and that's what you need to, you know, in order to kind of thrive today in this industry is think of creative things like that in terms of how to get people's attention. So I think that's a great idea. Cool. So let's do this. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, Victims and Villains, which is the album you guys are going to be releasing soon, and the Indiegogo project that you have going on, and, you know, where people can find out about this and become a part of it. So tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll eventually check out uh, Hollow. Awesome. Well, uh, basically, Victims and Vic- Victims and Villains, excuse me, is an album we've been working on for the past four or five years. Believe it or not, it has oh been gosh. the hardest. It has been the hardest project I have ever worked on, and it's probably because of the fact that the music was already written, and I have to adjust myself and my vocals to something that was written for someone else to sing over. That was the oh, biggest wait, 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 challenge. Oh wait, 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 wait. So. Let me just wait. Let me digress. Then I'm sorry to interrupt. Was this the mm-hmm. music from Defect that's coming back well, to the table now? Oh, okay. It was gonna be. It was gonna be the new album for Defect. So back in the day. Um, oh, that's what a I meant. Lot of, yes. So then, okay. when the vocalist of Defect quit, he's like, "I'm not gonna do this." They had recorded this whole album with Leo, but there was no vocals. Right. That's what happened. So then I, when I came in, a lot of stuff was changed musically. I brought in a lot of acoustic guitar. I brought in a lot mm-hmm. more dynamics. There was more breakdowns, like heavy stuff going on. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do the, you know. I'm like, I, I'm not going to strain my vocals. <laughs> I'm not that angry in life. I'm not pissed off at the world. That happened 10 years ago. Not right now. So <laughs> Right. So Leo was really flexible with me. He let me pre-produce with him a lot of different things on songs. I'm like, let's change this. Let's do this so I can be able to implement my style here. And that's why it took so long because it was like rearranging a whole album that was written for something else on top of that, you know, getting my mindset. I I can't just sit down and write lyrics and and record it. That just doesn't work like that. I have to be inspired. So the first song that I wrote for Victims and Villains was a song called originally Liquid, which was an old defect song. And I was like, all right, I'm scratching all the lyrics. I'm going to do all new lyrics and vocals. So then um, at the time, I was watching a movie called, you probably saw it, called Fire in the Sky, which is a 1990 movie about alien abduction back in the oh, wilderness. Gosh, I do kind of remember and, that because I was a huge uh, horror fan. Yeah, Basically, I love I remember song. it. Okay. So... We recorded a song called The Unknown, which, you know, I believe my mom's going to kill me because she's so religious, but I really believe there's life in in another galaxy somewhere. There's no way human beings, in my mind, are the only existence of intelligence in the universe. It just can't happen for me. So um, that's said and done. That's my own opinion. So I wrote a song about life on other worlds and, you know, basically a human being being a victim, going back to the title of the record, so this mm. this song, the song The Unknown, try to keep that in your memory. The Unknown is about a victim, a human victim, going through the whole process of being abducted by an alien. Okay. And um, going back to your question, um, the Indiegogo process, that's just a little piece of what it was. 
it was really, you know, the Indiegogo, basically, it's, I'm asking people for their help to help us release this record because you guys have no idea how expensive and how much money it costs mm-hmm. to pay for art, to pay for reproduction, to pay for the, the, the record alone, which, you know, for political reasons, I can't say how much it was, but I can tell you it sure. was a lot of money. It was a lot of I'm money. Sure it and was. It was a lot of sweat. You know, and you will hear it in the final result product. Um, you know, artists won't work for free. Photographers don't work for free. The producer sure as hell won't work for free. And, you know, um, it, it's all the strain. And the amount of money, not to mention how much money we paid in gasoline, because I, I, I had to drive two and a half hours to get to the studio and drive another two and a half hours back to my house. So all the money oh that was spent on, you know, on gasoline and food and, and taking the day off of work. I was a bartender at the time. You know, it, it, it's not easy. It affected a relationship I had. I had a girlfriend who didn't get it. She was like, I don't get it. I don't understand why you, why you put yourself to this. I'm like, you don't understand. It affected Aww. my relationship. You know, I lost relationships sure. over this record. And it's okay because, you know, it wasn't meant to be. But the amount of energy and the amount of time spent on this record was – it is irreplaceable. I don't think not even 100 grand would probably cover what, you know, time frame was. So wow. that's why we're asking people to really help us out release this album, which is badass. I've compared it with records that I think with my favorite mixers, uh, Rick mm-hmm. Robinson, every, Andy Wallace. I've compared this quality of the music and, and of the recording, of the engineering, of the mixing, of the mastering with any other record that I enjoy and I consider top shelf, including Tool, you know? And it's like, we're right. there. We're in the ballpark. This That's isn't about awesome. the EP. The EP was Mickey Mouse. The EP is Mickey Mouse. You know, maybe the songs are good, but that was super low-budget production. But with Leo, this is another, uh, another deal, and you'll hear the difference when you hear the hollow now. So well, we have I did, really yeah. I was listening to it. Because I only, you know, I only had it for a day. So, but sure, I can. I'm going to tell you, the quality of the writing is still just as good as the envelope. But like you said, the production mm-hmm. and you guys definitely mm-hmm. took it up a notch. Yeah, definitely. So we did. Real quick, just, um, this, mm-hmm. go ahead. After you. Okay. This Real album quick, is Leo Alvarez. Yes. I'm sorry. You go. You go. You go, and then I'll, I'll ask you a question. This album is uh, definitely a lot more aggressive than The Envelope um, due to the fact that it was recorded for a different style of music, but we actually got it to fit our profile, so that's pretty badass. That's why this album is a lot more aggressive, though, compared to The Envelope. Going back to Lil Alvarez, okay. you were saying? Yeah, does he, does he live in Florida or is he in Puerto Rico? No, he lives in Puerto Rico. Um, oh, my he's gosh. This Old school rocker, really well known in the scene. Um, he has the most badass rock studio in Puerto Rico. Not only does he do rock, he does a lot of mixes and works with a lot of Spanish artists from Spain. Mm-hmm. He did a mix for. He also mixed a couple songs for Enrique Iglesias and for some other really well known um, Spanish artists. And uh, wow. Leo and I have, you know, actually Slimy Nuggets recorded the last record with Leo Alvarez back uh, in uh, 2003. <laughs> so that's why wow. Leo and I really know each other really well. Yeah, you guys do. You definitely do. All right, so let's do this. And then when we come back, of course, you can, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about some, if you have any upcoming shows and the plans for the future, plug off your websites, the Indiegogo site, et cetera. But um, 
tell us a little bit about Hollow, which is going to be off of the new album, Victims and Villains, and then we're going to check it out. Awesome. So the Hollow, I remember writing this song uh, when I was dating someone, uh, probably the same girlfriend we're talking about. Um, she was like, why are you doing the music thing? She was also doing the music thing. She was like, you know, why don't you join the Army? Why don't you, you know, the Navy, something like that? And all mad respect to all of the soldiers because without them we wouldn't have our freedom. Um, mad respect. I have a lot of family members that are part of the military and are active, mm -hmm. and mad respect. But going back to my lifestyle and going back to what I like to do for myself, I was like, the song is basically about not following footsteps someone else wants you to do. Um, there's a lot of people that are in this situation, probably a lot of kids are like, their parents are like, well, you know, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be this, that, you have to do that. You know, and a lot of people follow footsteps, and I know people who are very successful, have a shitload of money, but they are so unhappy. They hate their lives. Yep. They hate their day routine. They hate it with a passion. I know friends who just drink themselves, you know, out of their minds and just throw their money away on stuff. And I'm like, wow, what the hell, dude? They don't value life. They don't value anything. And I, mm -hmm. I on the contrary... I'm not the wealthiest dude in the world. I do okay for myself. I take care of myself, you know. But um, I don't come from a rich family. I don't come from a rich background. Uh, and, but I live the life that I want to live. I'm probably a gypsy. Right now, I don't even have a car. I bike myself around <laughs> Miami, you know, and I get to work on a little bicycle, you know. Even my employees that I work with are, you know, a little better standards than I have. But um, but I'm happy. I'm so happy with myself right. because I live the life I want to live. So the hollow represents living in the shadow of, <clears throat> excuse me, living in the shadow of what other people want you to live through. So that's what the song's about. Okay. All right. Great. So I'm going to put you on hold again. All right. We're going to check that out, and then we'll come back. Okay. Turn it up loud, girl. Turn it up loud. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a great personality Jandre has. He's a lot of fun, awesome interviews. So if anyone has tuned in late, again, you can download the podcast after it's over and please share it, spread the word about these guys. Really hardworking band, as you heard throughout this interview. He's just shared an amazing story and uh, they have a lot of success coming to them, even though they've already had made their mark. So let's do this. We're going to check out The Hollow. And this is off of their new album, so you're getting a sneak peek of what is to come tonight. And as he said, this is definitely taking production quality up a notch songwriting is still where it was at with the envelope uh amazing stuff so check it out the hollow and we'll come back in a moment Yeah. 
right, everyone. Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, Killer Track, The Hollow by Message to Venus. And if you like what you hear, you are going to hear much more of that stuff to come on the new album, Victims and Villains. So please support these guys and assist them with getting this album out there and go to Indiegogo and search for Message to Venus and uh, whatever you can donate. They have amazing perks for everyone to be a part of this project. So let's bring John Dre back on. All right, hey, awesome, hey, hey. awesome song. Great stuff, great stuff. I can't wait to hear the album, so you've got to give me a copy when it comes out. Absolutely, I promise. I promise you're getting one. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll bring you back on to promote it, too. We'll definitely do that. Absolutely. When do you, um, yeah. when do you anticipate? Yeah, when do you anticipate releasing it? Um, September 1st is going to be the album for the people who buy the perk of the album. So if you gotcha. go to Indiegogo.com and uh, you purchase the download for the full-length album, you will get it on September 1st. That is our Great. promise for everybody. And we're doing our best to get it. Um, we're actually getting the final mastering as we speak. Today I spoke to Lil Alvarez, and he was like, dude, oh, my God, I'm working my ass off on this, but I'm getting it done. So the art is done. <laughs> oh, my God, the art is done. We had a few changes uh, done last minute. Our, the font for the logo of Message to Venus was changed. We have a really cool re- – I'm really excited for everyone to just, like, visually see it and, you know, be able to hear this album. So if you buy the perk, you get it. First, after that, it will be released to audience within time. After that, <laughs> okay, okay, nice. And um, how Fair many enough. songs are on it? We got ten tracks for everybody, um, including the show was completely re-recorded. We re-recorded the show. Wow. Um, so that song came out so sick. I can't wait for you to hear it, Carrie. You're going to love it. You're going to fall in love yeah, with it. Yeah, because I right? love it. I mean, I love <laughs> it on the first, uh, the envelope, so I can't wait to see what it sounds like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, yeah, um, it has a lot more texture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any um, any marketing teams right now that you guys have to start putting some of this stuff out to radio? Where are you guys at with that? Um, right now, we got uh, we got a few campaigns going on. We are uh, mm-hmm. talking about gigs lined up. We don't have any gigs as of now until late <clears throat> September. And late September, we're going to start working on uh, with a booking agency. But as of now, we're working hard on releasing the record. I know it doesn't sure. really make sense. We've got to play shows. But you've got to understand, uh, no. we're still we're separated. No, we've got sense. people, you know. It's it's not easy. Like you know, life goes on. Bills have to be paid, and unfortunately, in this world, music doesn't pay everything. <laughs> so right. there are realities. No, we're think... regular guys. You know, we're not rock stars. We're not like uh, Linkin Park. We are not near that level. We're doing everything ourselves. We don't have anybody behind us. Everything's coming from our own back pockets. So that's why we need help wow. with the campaigns. We got dog tags, we got shirts, we got all kinds of perks, you know? So every cent counts, and it's all being contributed straight to getting the record released. That's great. That's great. And, I mean, I can totally appreciate what you guys are doing, and I think it's smart. I mean, you want to get the album out there. That's the goal right now. If you start playing shows, that might interfere with you guys, you know, staying on the timeline to the seat that you want to stay on. So, no, I mean, it's great. It's great. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm really excited to hear what's to come with the new album. Um, yeah, what else do you want to, you know, just share with the audience in terms of, you know, plug your Twitter, Facebook pages, 
Indiegogo site, and then we'll start uh, wrapping wrapping it up. You can go to messesdavinas.com. From there, we have the links to all of our Twitters, uh, individual Twitters as well. We also have um, Instagram. Uh, we're always reposting from our own personal Instagrams. I love sunsets. I'm taking a picture of a sunset as we speak right now from Miami Balcony. <laughs> and, um, Very cool. You know, we're all good guys. You know, we have we have really good spirits, and our music is it's really badass. You know, I go out, I hear a lot of bands play. I see what the competition is like, and you know, I'm not trying to blow anybody up and or out, but you know, we got what it takes. So I'm really excited about anybody hearing us play live. Um, the record, I can't wait for people to give us feedback and to tell us you know, how much they enjoyed. I can't wait to hear what your favorite track, Carrie, is going to be off the album. So cool. we're really looking forward to that. So feel free to follow us. Feel free to hit me a tweet. Feel free to find me on Facebook, on Instagram. It's, I use Instagram more than anything else, you know. But um, feel free, guys, you know. Give us support, and not only us, support all your other favorite local artists that are around the area, just like Carrie and, you know, myself, and support your local music. You know, it's not about what you just hear on the radio. There's a lot of people that's trying to make this happen. There's a lot of really good talent out there. There is. You're absolutely right. And you guys are working, again, so hard. You're doing this independently. And I know from my own personal experience, and I was doing music a little more seriously than I am now, but like you said, it's unless you're going to try to drop everything, and it's it's very difficult because you start to get older. It's it's right. It's very challenging, and I think you guys yeah. are definitely going to get there. It's just a matter of time, and you're doing it the right way. Awesome. You know? Thank you, Carrie. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the interview. I felt it was really cool. You shared a lot of interesting stuff that I did not see anywhere else when I did my research on you guys, so I do appreciate yeah. that. Exclusive for you, girl, just for you. What's that? Exclusive, just for you, a little exclusive info. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Well, that's where my clinical yeah. psychology comes in. I hope that helps out, too. <laughs> Uh-oh. It did, so. it did. It kicked in. It kicked in. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Chandra, for joining me tonight, and I wish you and the band much continued success. Please keep in touch, and as soon as the album is released, uh, get in contact with me again, and we will uh, set up an interview to promote some more new music. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Carrie, for having me on your show. It's really a pleasure. Really a pleasure. Blessings. You too. Thank you so much. You too, Jandre. Have a great night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Nice hour-plus interview with Jandre from Message to Venus. So check these guys out and help them support this new amazing album that they have coming out titled Victims and Villains, go to messagedivinus.com and visit their Indiegogo page. And again, if you tuned in late, please support these guys. Download the, the uh, podcast, promote it on Facebook, tweet it out. It's a really cool interview, as he mentioned. We really talked about some interesting stuff that you are not going to find anywhere else. So I really do my homework and try to bring to the audience something that's going to be different, unique, and definitely take you on the journey that these guys have been on. They've went through a lot, but they're definitely coming out on top. So please follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman, and if you follow me, I will follow you. I have two Facebook pages. One of them is maxed out, so send me a friend request on the one that's not. I'd love to keep in touch with people. And also please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, and that's where I have all the upcoming shows, events, and more where I plug off my artists and the different things that we have coming up. So I'm in the process of booking interviews. have a lot of requests, so please stay tuned. We will have some more coming up in the next few weeks. 
Usually Mondays, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern is when I do the show. So, again, just want to thank everyone for the continued support. Can't believe it's been three years that I've been doing this show, and it just continues to get better and better with each of the guests that I have on. So thanks again for the support. Amazing bands, as we just saw. Message to Venus. I did Boba Flex uh, last week. They were just great band. We did an hour-and-a-half interview. Bands like Raw, Soil, I Empire, um, Gemini Syndrome, just, again, really cool, unique uh, bands and musicians. Also check out comedians like Tom Cotter. He was the runner-up a couple years ago on America's Got Talent. Had him on my show, among a ton of other people. So thank you so much again for tuning in tonight, everyone, and uh, I appreciate the support for the show. But more so than that, I appreciate, appreciate the support for the artists. Take care and have a great night.